Hey, this is Nathan Jenkins from Loon Mountain Ministry, and I want to thank you for checking out our podcast today. We welcome you to join us, the trees, the rocks, and all of creation as we worship our great God. Enjoy the message. I'll invite you to remain standing. I'm going to quickly uh, read this morning's scripture. If you turn to the front of your bulletin. This is Galatians 2:19 through 21. It says, "For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God." who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. You may be seated. As I thought about this morning, as we were singing the songs and knowing that this was our scripture and knowing that Teen Challenge was with with us today, I think the, the theme for this morning would have to be new life. New life, and this, that's what this verse is talking about right here. You know, that each one of us was dead in our sin, hopeless, helpless. It looked like it was over for us. Then entered Jesus Christ. And by his grace, he took on flesh, became human like us, in every way except that he was perfect and sinless. And yet he took on our sin so that we could become like him perfect and spotless in God's sight and reunited and redeemed and brought back into relationship with God. This morning, you guys are going to hear stories of redemption. You're going to hear from a different, different uh, guys here. And as we sang, it's our prayer that Christ be magnified. Because as Christians, when we share our stories, we are not the hero of our own stories. It's Jesus Christ. And I'm excited to hear from these guys. I'm excited to, to see Christ magnified and, and, and Christ glorified through their stories. And I would encourage you, you have a story too. And that's possibly the most powerful tool you can use in sharing your faith. Most people don't want to be preached at, but they are willing to hear your story. So I'll welcome up Ian. He's going to kick us off. We've got a mic for you here, Ian. Good morning, church. Thank you for having us. It's a blessing to be here. So we are at Dalton Teen Challenge. We're a 12 to 15 month residential treatment facility. We have a 22 bed men's facility in Manchester, New Hampshire. We were founded in the 1950s uh, to bring life-changing hope to addicts and their families, and we've become the largest and most successful program of its kind. Today, you'll be meeting men whose lives have been changed by the power of Jesus Christ. I will be the one Telling my testimony first, my name's Ian. I'm from Exeter, New Hampshire. I'm 32 years old. My early childhood was well provided for. I had a stay-at-home mom. She did smoke cannabis every day and took prescription pills that the doctors gave her. And my dad was a truck driver. He was gone for six to 10 weeks at a time. He'd come home for a couple days and then leave again. Things kind of changed when I was six years old. My mom started acting different. She started yelling more. She started doing crazy things. And this hatred, this resentment for my father grew. And so they separated. It was pretty messy. My mom took us to Pennsylvania. My dad still wanted to see us when he was home. So the sheriffs came and got us and we got brought back. And 
things changed that uh, when I was eight. My mom, um, her organs began to fail. She went to the hospital. She kind of had this fear of doctors. She never went until it was too late. She was diagnosed with brain, lung, and breast cancer, and she was given less than six months to live. She died in three, um, two days before Christmas. And um, my dad, doing only what he knew to provide, was to truck drive. And I've got a brother and a sister. Um, my sister's six years older than I, so I was eight. My sister was 14, and she was put in charge. I mean, we had a house to ourselves. My sister just made sure we didn't die, really. And um, she's become my best friend. She was the mother to me, basically. And so at 12, I got my first job, started making money, and I started playing sports. And in sports, I um, found that family, that guidance, that love that I wanted that I didn't have at home. And I ended up with upperclassmen at age 14. I tried my first drink and didn't really like it. I didn't want to be an alcoholic like my father when he was home. And um, my dad really was never home at that point because he didn't know how to deal with the grief from my mom passing. And it was um, pretty lonely at home. I had a TV that was a babysitter, basically. And my sister was in and out. She had a boyfriend and kind of moved in, but she'd still come home. And um, at 15, I um, broke my back playing football. And I couldn't play contact sports anymore and that really took a hit for me because that's something I loved another thing I loved was taken from me and um, I kind of dove deeper into the drugs and alcohol but I was the type of person that could turn it on and turn it off kind of like my father did I was uh, did very well in school I just was a weekend I was a weekend warrior and at 16 I kind of got into some harder stuff um, some stimulants and that kind of continued I graduated high school we did very well. I got into colleges. Um, I w ended up at Plymouth State University, and I graduated, taught my class, still continuing with drug use and alcoholism. And um, I, the year I graduated, I met my um, fiance. Her name's Stephanie, and we had a daughter at, in 2015. My dad came to my graduation, and he ended up having a heart attack a couple months after my graduation. So my dad died when I was 22, and. I didn't really know how to feel because he was never really around. I didn't really, I didn't really have a relationship with him. That resentment that my mom gave me, he didn't really care for me, and it was it showed. So, I um, was riding my motorcycle home at, in 2016, and I got hit head on and at about 40 miles an hour, and no helmet, t-shirt, shorts, and had a box of diapers for my daughter on the back of the, my my bike, and um, I ended up. By the grace of God, I didn't die. I fractured my skull, had some serious injuries. I was in the hospital, the ICU, for about a week. And um, about two weeks after that, an infection started growing to my spine, and they told me I was likely to be paralyzed from it. So I didn't die from the motorcycle accident. I wasn't paralyzed by the grace of God, and but I was hospitalized for about 71 days in this process. And I... Um, didn't see my daughter very much. I didn't want her seen with tubes coming out of me. The way I looked, it, w it was scary. And um, with that accident, brought pain medication, brought opioids, and I was prescribed them from a doctor for about three years. And it was what got me through work. It was what got me to sleep. And I thought those things kind of rewire your brain to thinking you need them. And my doctor, it was around the time when opioids really, they realized how bad it was doing for a lot of America and was talking about weaning me off and doing different pain management. I just, my brain thought I needed this. I need, I need this to survive. And so I turned to harder drugs. I turned to street drugs and that went on for about three more years. So about six years of pretty serious drug use and alcoholism. And I hid it from my significant other. She really 
never touched a hard drug in her life and she didn't know I hit it very well just like I did my whole life and things were good I I worked for Coca-Cola I got into sales there and um, my rock bottom hit really when my sister uh, her husband's in the Coast Guard and she told me she was moving to South Carolina and that, that's my only support it's the only person I have left in my life that helps with my daughter I don't have any grandparents left they passed and my family my mom's side and my dad's side because their brothers their daughter their, their son had passed away so my family doesn't didn't really talk to me very much and um, then I had my rock bottom hit I ended up losing my job I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes on my feet I've got neuropathy in my feet and um, I ended up hospitalized going through withdrawal symptoms because I ran out of money I had a diabetic episode and they finally told my significant other what I was doing what I was withdrawing from and it was uh, it was pretty scary. I'm, I was upset at the time when they told her because, but she was my emergency contact. She was the only person around to really tell what was going on with me because I was I was out for probably three or four days. And by the grace of God, her coworker had a her husband, her best, their, his best friend went through Teen Challenge, and I didn't at that point. I didn't have insurance. I didn't have any money to do anything, and but I knew I needed that help. And Teen Challenge takes in people that can't afford it, and uh, Stephanie brought me up. And uh, it was the hardest decision I made, but the best decision I made in my entire life. And the admissions um, guy here, Nate, was the man at the other end of the call when I was in the hospital and telling me, man, we're here for you. We can do Call me whenever. We can help you. And it's, it's something I hadn't felt in so many years. And my relationship had crumbled and all that trust and, like, betrayal had come to fruit. But she's... She's so loving and so caring that she was supportive in all this. And as much as she was hurt, she knew I wanted the father of her kid to be successful and to be okay. So I walk through that door. I see these men who like are loving, caring, supportive. And I thought, I never had a relationship with God before I came to Team Challenge. And it was something that was so um, enlightening, something that was so freeing. I had such stress and anxiety. My parents had anxiety disorders, and I thought I did too. And so I was prescribed stuff for it. And the second I walked in that door, and I mean, they kind of take everything. They take your money. They say that you don't have money in the program. They take your phone. And but it seemed it seemed like I had nothing when I walked in, but I had everything in the power of God. And I, I it was it was something that I had never felt before. That love that God gives you. And it's we do a lot at the center that um, praying with Bible studies, and it's it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. The first day I walked into a church was the first Sunday I was there and I'd never felt anything like that being into being in a church and it was higher than any high I'd ever gotten from the substance and um, goosebumps I get every time I walk into places like this when we go out and it's called EAT end addiction team and we go out and fundraise and we preach the word and we see people who are struggling and try to bring them in and try to give the power of God to them and um, it's been the best thing in my life that's happened to me and i can't wait to see the journey that I'm on. Um, in the Bible, it says the the broad road to the kingdom of heaven is easy, and the narrow road is very tough. So it's it's been tough. I haven't been able to see my family since I got here. I've been here in the program 42 days, 43 days, and um, I get to see them on uh, Friday at our fall banquet. And uh, it's a, I can't wait. I can't wait to see the transmission that I've had and. It's um it's an amazing thing. So the scripture that I stand on, they they ask us to kind of read the Bible and see the scriptures we stand on, and it's Matthew six thirty three, and it says, 
um, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all will be provided. The um, previous verses before that had talked about don't be anxious, don't ask uh, what we should eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear. That was something, the material things, the providing for was all I knew t- to provide for my family, my Stephanie and my daughter Vivian. And um, it says the people will always ask for these things, just know God needs them, but he will provide and he's provided everything that I've, I've worried about with money. I don't have an income for my significant other and um, the rent for our apartment and everything's worked out. Everything I've prayed for has come true and it's really powerful being someone who really didn't have that faith before and um, I'm excited to uh, introduce our next member, Nathan. Good morning, church. Uh, my name's Nathan. Thank you for having us. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, so growing up, um, so I'm 31 years old. Uh, I grew up in western Massachusetts. Um, growing up was a little rocky for me. Uh, my parents split up when I was two. Uh, my dad's a really bad alcoholic, and he has always been drinking. Um, he maintained for a long time, but about when I was 10 years old, um, he was hospitalized because of his drinking, they gave him a very low percentage chance to survive. He got jaundice and organ function fell apart and all that. So um, that's when I first like realized that like something was really wrong in my family dynamic. Um, my dad never really being able to hold sobriety together um, and my mom working three jobs. Um, I was an only child and I spent a lot of time by myself and I spent a lot of time with the neighborhood kids and looking for that father figure, looking for somebody to look up to to teach me these things. And um, took me down a pretty dark road. Um, I found my identity in drugs and alcohol. Um, it took me to some really dark places. And um, when I was about 21 years old, um, so I, I thought that the guy with the drugs was like the the cool guy because everybody wanted to hang out with you and I was so twisted in my thinking um, and I was such a heinous drug addict um, that I would I would do anything and everything um, when I was 21 years old I got busted um, with a lot of drugs um, a lot of different kinds of drugs not a ton of drugs but like all the drugs I had weed hash and ecstasy ketamine mushrooms acid cocaine heroin and um, the state of Massachusetts was very upset with me, and um, they gave me seven uh, felony uh, counts of like distribution. So two counts, class A, class B, class C, class D. Um, they wanted to give me like 20 to 25 years in prison. I was 21 years old at the time, so you can imagine I thought that my life was over. Um, that was a life sentence to me not even having lived 25 years on this earth yet, um, I fully realized, like, I just ruined my life. And um, my lawyer was like, You're, this is bad. And um, my mother couldn't help me, and my dad wasn't around. And I remember standing in that courtroom. Um, they, they were getting ready to sentence me. And um, I walked out of the courtroom, and I cried out to God. Now, I did not grow up knowing who God is, but I cried out to a God I didn't know if he was there. And I, I said, God, if you are there, please, I need your help. Um, I will stop living this crazy life. I will do whatever you want. Please help me get me out of this. If you're really there, please save me. 
and um, he did. Um, when I went back into that courtroom, um, they gave me a plea deal to drop all the felonies down to simple misdemeanor possession because of my drug addiction. And um, God moved for me for the first time right there, and, and I saw the power of God. Um, getting out of my tough situation, I went back to the drug use. I didn't know any better, but because of this, this commitment that I had made to the Lord, um, he started shutting everything off for me. He started closing every single door that I ever had that allowed me to, to use drugs. And I mean, I, I became homeless. I couldn't maintain anymore. And I did that for about six months to a year. And um, in 2014, I heard about Teen Challenge, and I came to Adult and Teen Challenge. I was 22 years old at the time and um, completely broken. This is when I first met the Lord. I, um, I saw a bunch of men that were walking in freedom, and I wanted that. And I gave my life to the Lord, and I, I stayed with this ministry for 17 months. And God did tremendous things in my life. I began to grow in the Word. I began to understand who I was in Christ. I began to understand that I'm a son of God. And God delivered me from all my addictions. After 17 months, I left the program. Um, I got involved with a church that my mother was going to with my stepfather. And I met my wife. I got married. Uh, we did missions work, and I was, I was very involved. Things were going very well, and then we were about to have my first daughter. I have two daughters. One is four, one is two now. Uh, Harvest Evangeline and Selah Hope, two beautiful little girls. And when Harvest was born, I, I started getting this fear of, like, I started taking my will back. Like, I need to provide for my family now. Like, I, I started, like, I stopped trusting God all of a sudden, and now I'm, I'm working all the time, I'm not going to church, I'm not being involved in ministry, and I very quickly began to backslide. Um, I was working with this guy, and um, he had drugs. He had drugs on him, and I, I ended up getting, it, not right away, but I ended up getting these drugs off of him, and it caused me to overdose. Um, I was found non-responsive in my house. My wife called an ambulance. And they tried to Narcan me, and it didn't work. And then they tried to Narcan me again, and it didn't work. They Narcan me a third time, and they were like, it's not going to work. Like, he's not going to make it. If we, don't, if we Narcan somebody three times, they're not coming back. Like, they come back by now. And she gets down on her knees, and she begins to pray. And she begins to beg them to try again. Because of her prayers, I believe, and because of the grace of God, on my life, I woke up on that fourth try, and um, <clears throat> man, was I broken. Um, I came back to this program in September 27th, so I've been back here for 13 months. I'm working on my 14th month, and um, God has been doing some amazing things in my life and bringing me back to that first love that I found with him. Um, he's restoring my marriage. My marriage was very rocky. Um, it's because of the grace of God that my marriage has survived all of this. It's because of my wife's faith in the Lord that my marriage has survived all of this. Um, you know, God restores. God heals. He's the same God today as he was yesterday, as he will be forever. He's unchanging. His love for us doesn't fail. His mercies are new every morning. Um, this ministry is an amazing tool that God uses to, to get people who are strayed. And as we all know, that he goes after the one. 
and he'll do that every single time. His name is faithfulness. Second um, Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. Um, this program has taught me a lot. This program has done a lot for me and my family. Um, I'm excited to say that they've offered me an apprenticeship, um, which I'm really excited to look into. I'm going to be helping out with admissions. Um, it's something that my wife wants for us as well. Um, we want to continue in ministry. Um, I'm going to do the PowerPoint next, Matthew. Um, so if we can do the PowerPoint slide. So I just want to explain to you guys a little bit about like what we do in our program. Um, so we have clinical counseling. And this clinical counseling is... Um, we meet every week with a licensed LADAC and KDAC. It's, it's counseling for drug and, drugs and alcohol. Her name is Donna, and she's amazing. She, uh, she's gotten all her credentials from Liberty University, which is a Christian-based, huge university. Um, but she's also very involved in the church. So when we sit down with her, everything that we do is all like Christ-centered, and it's, it all has like biblical foundations in it. Um, we do daily academics. Now, we have an academics coordinator that puts together, like, hand-tailored syllabuses for the men. If you're struggling with anger, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with your faith, he will make you a study syllabus. Like, he'll get your academics geared towards wh wherever it is that you're lacking in your life. It's really, it's an amazing thing. Um, we do high set certifications for anybody who hasn't graduated high school who wants to get their GED. It's a high school equivalency test. We also do vocational training. Um, as some of you have probably seen, we have these beautiful cutting boards in the back. We have 11 centers in New England. Um, five of them have carpenter shops. And we've been praying about it, and we believe that the Lord is going to allow us to have a carpenter shop in the very near future. Um, so that's something that the men get to do. They get to learn this craft and this skill, this trade, so that when they go back into the world, they have like some really cool skills that are can be used really anywhere. Um, we do mentoring. So the mentoring piece is really cool because this program, in order to be a staff member, you have to establish yourself through the program. So um, all the staff members are tested and tried. Every single man that is a part of this ministry has gone through the program, graduated, done an apprenticeship, and is now helping men come out of their situation. Um, to see somebody ahead of you walking in freedom daily is like a huge thing. Um, it's something that Christ did for us. You know, while we were still sinners, he, he said, come, follow me. And, and he walked this thing out in a way that we could we could tangibly see and visualize. So, um, it's, it's just really great. We do apprenticeships. So we recommend this for everybody who graduates. Like This is a five-phase program. It's 12 to 15 months long, but there's a sixth phase, and it's an apprenticeship. Um, we always recommend it. It's not something that you have to do, um, but it's, it's a good way to be a part of the ministry and not be like in the in the full structure, like to be able to get out and, and to come in and still be a part of the ministry and still be held accountable in certain areas. Um, we do certified life coaching. It's fantastic. Once you're getting close to graduating, you do about eight sessions, um, and it helps you to plan for the future. We do Bible studies. These Bible studies are 
exactly what they sound like. I mean, they're Bible studies. We dive deep into the Bible, man. We do. Every day we're in the Bible. There's not a day that goes by that we're not. Um, sometimes it's personal studies. Sometimes it's group studies. There's about 14 group studies that you have to complete in order to graduate this program, and they're all different um, topics. We do prayer. Um, so intercessory prayer we do two times a day. Uh, Matthew will be telling you more about that. Um, sometimes up to four times a day. We pray with each other. We pray alone. Uh, we do spiritual enrichment events, which are super cool. I mean, we've got one that happens in Brockton at the New England headquarters. We call it Spiritual Emphasis. All 12 centers from all across New England and New Jersey, we all gather at the headquarters, and we have this big, it's just like three days of worship and sermons and worship and sermons and more worship and sermons and guys are hitting their knees the women's centers are hitting their knees like there's so much freedom and surrender that happens in that place and it really helps us to posture our heart in a in a way that we can receive from God what he's trying to say to us um, we do chapel and church services the church services is much like this what we're doing right here right now uh, but we also do Tuesday chapels at the center um, so we get um, just a lot of opportunity to hear God's word. I mean, this is a discipleship ministry at the root. Um, you know, drugs and alcohol is what got us here. Um, Life-controlling issues, whether it's anger, depression, anxiety, is what got us here. But the reason that we're truly here is, is for a discipleship. Um, we do transportation to all doctors, dentists, probation, court. We do emergency rooms. Like, if you have to get somewhere... It's covered. Like um, a lot of times, we put off the things that are really important, like our our bodies, our physical health, our dental. Like all of that is taken care of, and we encourage and we make sure everything is set up. Um, we've got a guy that we're going to help him get a, a surgery for his hernia that he's had for a very long time, and he's just been putting it off because of his addiction. He's going to be doing that in a few weeks now. Um, and we've got warm beds. Warm beds, three daily meals. Um, we do weekly family visits. The men get two visits per month on Sundays from 2 to 6. And then we also have the, the family ministry, which has been like essential for saving my marriage and allowing me to have just as much healing uh, with my wife as I've been getting from this program. So like we're dipped in this program every day, and a lot of times the families are at home still living the reality of the pain and the trauma that we hurt them through. And these family ministries are opportunities for the family members to get healing and to really speak their heart and to, to let go of like some of these burdens that they've been carrying due to our addictions. Um, and we have 24-7 supervision. So we have a, a staff member that lives in the house and we're always held accountable to each other. We have student leaders, resident leaders, and um, you know this is just a little glimpse into what Adult and Teen Challenge is. Uh, thank you very much for sharing. Thank you, Nathan. That was excellent. How was everybody this morning? Good. Uh, as everybody was walking in this morning, we were handing out prayer cards. Um, on the right-hand side is a place to put a prayer. Um, at Adult Teen Challenge, uh, we believe that the power of prayer is not emphasized enough. Um, and we would love to have the opportunity to pray for you. On the left-hand side of the card um, is the place to put your personal information. 
Um, please fill that out so that we can stay in touch with you, keep you up to date with any of the events that we're having, uh, as well as send you um, monthly newsletters. Um, if anybody wants a prayer card that hasn't received one, could you please raise your hand now, and I'll have somebody hand those out real quick. Nobody? Okay. All right, without further ado, uh, please enjoy the rest of your church service. All right. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Mike. Um, I'm grateful to be here today to share some of my experience, strength, and hope with you guys. Um, I'm 44 years old. Uh, thankfully, I got in when I did, or they were going to have to name, rename this Adult and Senior Challenge. So it's a good thing that I'm here at this age. I'm grateful for that. Um, I had a really good life uh, growing up. Uh, we grew up Catholic. Uh, my parents were together. Didn't have a lot going on, no major trauma. Um, but I just didn't have a lot of acceptance in school and socially. I was real introverted. Um, I didn't fit in in school. I looked younger than everybody. Um, I really didn't have a lot of friends. I was just part of that group. There was just something about me that didn't click with everybody else. I just never never felt like I was, I was there. There was something missing. Um, to paint the picture, I had the, I call it like in my high school years, it was 1993 BC, which is before contacts. So I had these thick glasses. They'd push my ears out. Um, you know, they'd call me Dumbo, ask where my magic feather was. It was, it was all bad. Um, my mom dressed me in these clothes because she was in the school that was like deer with the snowflake sweaters, stuff like that, the turtlenecks. So I was incredibly popular with the ladies, obviously. Um, you know, and th those things, you know, just, just created something in me that I, I, I didn't like. You know, I stayed away from people, um, didn't fit in. And I didn't get introduced to drugs and alcohol until my 20s. Um, I went to college in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, for high-performance motorsports, and uh, got in with a rough group of guys. And when drugs and alcohol were presented to me, they just filled that hole inside me. Um, you know, they filled it up. It made me where I wasn't as introverted. I would go out. I would talk to people. Um, I had confidence. Um, it was temporary fake confidence, but it was what worked for me. And I just kept feeding that over the years. I tried to do the geographical cure once problems arise, but I moved back to New Hampshire. Um, and, you know, I thought the problem was external. I thought that uh, the people I was around, if I got away from that, if I got away from where the drugs were, um, I'd be okay. I didn't realize, you know, the problem was inside me. It was just something I wasn't ready to accept, wasn't ready to face. Um, New Hampshire, I got introduced to motorcycle clubs. I was always into motorcycles. Um, I got into some one percenter motorcycle clubs, and that was pretty much where, you know, the devil just presented me with just enticing things that was everything I lacked growing up, you know. These guys were feared, um, you know, they had respect, they had drugs, there were women all around them all the time, and I was like, this is what I want to be, this is the stuff I never had in school, um, you know, I was always getting picked on, and now the tables are turned. So I fell into that lifestyle, and it created a lot of problems. Um, I passed out in a car coming back from a motorcycle club event, I had polished off a bottle of whiskey, I was high on drugs, had a car full of assault rifles in the back that uh, I was trying to show off with the guys at the club with, and I woke up to the police just surrounding the vehicle, they put me on Channel 9 News, so the gig, gig was pretty much up. Um, you know, you just try to hide these things a lot of time, but you know, once, once I saw myself on the news, I was like, yeah, this is not going to work out too well. Um, that led me down a road of 
about seven years in and out of 30-day spin-dry treatment centers. Um, I tried, you know, methadone clinics, stuff like that to get, to get sober, and it just wasn't working. My life was spiraling out of control. That's when I reached out. Um, I knew some, something had to change, and I prayed to God, to, you know, to just come in, show me something. And I did it in a selfish manner, you know, trying to bribe God. Like, if you'll, if you'll take this away from me, you know, I'll do whatever. I wasn't doing anything to please God. I wasn't living by what he said. But, you know, I wanted everything gone, and then maybe I'd, I'd try to live by his word a little bit. But uh, it was enough for God to answer some of that, and he started putting people in my life. You know, God strategically puts people in our life. He puts situations in our life, consequences we may not like at the time, but uh, it, it's what it takes. And the first one was he put a new pastor at my church in Manchester I started going to that had been through Adult and Teen Challenge. And he spoke about this program, and uh, it was, I really liked it. There was no way I was going to go for 12 or 15 months, but it sounded good. Um, after that, I stopped going to church for a while, uh, relapsed, using drugs pretty hard again. And my wife said, you need to start going to church again. You have to go. And the day she made me go, uh, Adult and Teen Challenge was at our church. And uh, she made me stay. She made me listen to the testimonies. And two of the guys that I live with today, they aren't here today, unfortunately. They're, they're uh, at another location. But uh, I saw them speak, and I could relate. I could relate to the pain in their stories. I could relate. I see where they've been. I believed it. And I could see, you know, the life that they had now. And I, I believed it. You know, it was just something I could really relate to. I really related to the way that that they had grown up, you know, the things that they had encountered. I could see the pain in their eyes when they were telling these stories, and I knew that there was something that had changed. Um, still wasn't enough to change me, but another month later, um, I totaled my wife's car two blocks from Teen Challenge in Manchester, and I, did, which I didn't even know it was there. So that was pretty much enough signs that uh, I needed a change. Um, that was probably the 10th vehicle I'd wrecked in 10, 15 years. Um, and I was just broken. I came into Teen Challenge broken. I didn't really know what had happened when I came in at that time. I didn't have faith. I didn't have faith that anything could fix me. But what I realized is I died to self when I came in. You know, I was so broken. That was just, that was it. That was it. I'd given up, and I had willingness to change. You know, I, I knew this would work for other people. I saw it in their eyes, um, and that's what it takes. That was the stepping stones. From there on, you know, I learned, learned about the Bible, and I had love from all these guys. You know, it was just Christ's love shining through other people, using them as a vessel, love that I'd never had, support that I'd never had, support in a healthy manner, unlike the support I had before. You know, all these other guys I've been, you know, trying to use as role models. You know, this, this is what a man is. This is a tough guy. This is a guy that has women, you know, people are scared of. And, you know, I was role modeling the wrong person when, you know, now I've learned the real role model is Jesus Christ, and that's, that's what I try to do on a daily basis. And, uh, yeah, like, like I said, when I came into the doors, my wife didn't let me in the house. I was literally in the garage for a few days, and uh, I came to Teen Challenge. She wouldn't give me my wallet. I had nothing, but I needed help. And uh, it cost a lot for us to stay there, but Teen Challenge helped me. They're a 501C organization, which means we get no government help. So we could get government help if we took God out of the equation, but there's a reason we're the most successful treatment center of its kind, by far. And that's because we have God, we instill faith, we instill values, and we're not going to take that out. So we rely on you guys for support. We do fundraising. Um, we sell the cutting boards over there. But uh, the best way, if you want to partner with us, 
is we do a sponsorship. It's a dollar a day sponsorship, so $30 a month. And, uh, you know, church this size, we usually like to get five of those. Um, but if we could get five sponsorships today, that would be great. I just appreciate every support we get here. Um, you know, it saved my life. It saved these guys' life. So thank you very much. Thanks for listening. We here at Loon Mountain Ministry are committed to loving God, serving community, and enjoying mountains. We want to thank you for being a part of our collective high five this week as we seek to be a light in the White Mountains and all around the world. Please feel free to reach out to us at info at loonmtnministry.com so we can get more connected. See you guys.